So slow it down when you come around, round, round. So slow it down when you come around, round, round. So slow it down when you come around, round. So slow it down when you come around, round, round. So slow it down when you come around, round, round. So slow it down when you come around, round. When you come around, round. When you come around here. When you come around here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you would do me a favor, please subscribe to wherever you're listening. Please subscribe to wherever you're watching. It definitely would mean a lot to me. But here's where we'll start. So the NFL, COVID is running rampant right now. COVID, you know, the... the 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 it's it's starting to creep up a lot more it's starting to spread well it's not if it's creeping up it's not a lot more it's 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 pretty much starting to spread again uh and it's hitting sports hard again uh the nhl we'll talk about that in a little bit but it's hitting the nhl hard it's in the nba hard and of course in the nfl and last time we talked i said that the nfl was there was a lot of teams like the the cleveland browns or the, the hell a lot of teams that the Washington football team that were experiencing a lot of players being out due to the COVID protocol, whether they have COVID, they tested positive. They just there's a lot of people that are in the COVID protocol because COVID is spreading. And la- before last episode, the league had not moved any games yet. And I was saying you know, they even came out and said that they're trying not to move a lot of games. It's going to be hard moving games, especially in week 15. Um, there's a lot of playoff implications. It, it was going to be hard. Or I'm not going to say move games, but canceling games that we're not trying to do. So before last episode, they hadn't moved any games. Now they moved, what, four games? They moved four games. They moved two games that happened on Monday. Uh, and now there's two games that happen on Tuesday. Now, I'm filming this before the start of the Tuesday games, so I'm not going to be able to give my you know recap of what happened because I did not you know the the Tuesday games have not happened yet. And the Tuesday games, of course, is the Washington football team against the Eagles and the Seattle Seahawks against the Rams. Now, I'll give my predictions about what what I think is going to happen, seeing as though you know, some of the updates that we have for COVID or due to COVID, but I have not, you know, I'm filming before these games, but that's going to, that, I'm going a, I'm to a push that to the side a little bit. And let's recap the games that we did see. Let's start with the one that, to me, the biggest one going in. And it was the biggest one for a lot of reasons. And that is the Packers at Baltimore. One, the Packers is the, is the number one team in the NFC. And honestly, they're looking like the most complete team. Uh, you know, Kansas City Chiefs looking good. That They're starting to get back on track. Uh, the, we'll, we'll talk about the Bucks in a second. But the one team that's looking pretty good as of right now and, look, and looks like, honestly, the most complete team is the Packers. And a team that... One, to me, is, is is frankly overachieving. That is the Baltimore Ravens. And they're overachieving because of all the injuries that they've sustained this entire year, whether it's Marlon Humphreys, whether it's uh, Marcus Peters, whether it's Gus Edwards, whether it's J.K. Dobbins. They have suffered drastically because of injuries. It's just Lamar Jackson has been incredible. Now, there have, you know, Lamar Jackson has been great. Mark Andrews has been great. 
the, the team has been good. And going into Sunday, we didn't know if Lamar Jackson was going to play. We didn't know he was going to play because, you know, he hurt his ankle a week before against the Browns. And Tyler Huntley had, had to come in. And he looked good, but we did know. They said it was a ankle sprain. Um, now they were saying it's a bone bruise. But all that to be said, Lamar Jackson didn't play. So, honestly, I thought this game was going to be a blowout. You have Aaron Rodgers, who's red hot right now. More than likely, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, more than likely the MVP or front runner at this point. But Aaron Rodgers is looking good. The Packers as a whole look good. And the Ravens, they're coming in still banged up. They've been banged up the whole year, but Lamar Jackson wasn't playing. So I thought, yo, this game was going to be a blowout, and this is a this was a huge game for both for mostly for the Ravens. You know, you got you have the number one team in the NFC, uh, and you're still fighting for your playoff lives. You still have the 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 Cincinnati Bengals that's snipping at the at your tail. Um, the Cleveland Browns are nipping at you. The, the AFC is for sure not solidified as far as who's going to be in the playoffs and we'll talk about that a little bit later but what the game that we saw against the Packers and the Ravens was a very very good game shouts out to Tyler Huntley man or Taylor Huntley man it look it's Tyler I'm uh, it's Tyler right yeah Tyler I apologize shouts out to Tyler Huntley man Tyler Huntley he you know he started he's 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 showing people that that you know you can pretty much say that was an audition. Uh, he looked he looked good against the Browns. Now, of course, they didn't ultimately win, but he looked good against the Browns. But shouts out to Tyler Huntley, man. I think he became the first like Raven to have or first Raven quarterback to have like two rushing touchdowns and two passing touchdowns. Like Lamar Jackson didn't even do that. Tyler Huntley was balling, and the Packers did win thirty-one to thirty. But it wasn't without controversy, I guess. And the controversy was pretty much on the Baltimore Ravens side. So Tyler Huntley was doing his thing. And, you know, they were down and they came all the way back and scored. And it was 31 to 30. So, of course, you can go for you can go for the field goal. You have arguably the greatest field goal kicker in NFL history or extra point kicker, field goal kicker in NFL history. And Justin Tucker, one of I'm not saying he is, but one of the best, if not the best. And then you have, of course, you could have went for two. Now, if you would have went for two, you would have won the game. Now, the biggest, uh, now, if you remember a couple weeks ago, the Baltimore Baltimore Ravens were in the same predicament against the the Pittsburgh Steelers. They had the, they they were down one, uh, scored on scored the touchdown, and Lamar Jackson tried to throw it to Mark Andrews, didn't happen. On the two-point conversion, instead of taking the one, could have went to overtime. They went for the two, tried to win right there. Didn't happen. So a lot. So the Baltimore Ravens tied it up thirty, or no, they were down thirty-one to thirty against the the Green Bay Packers on Sunday. Uh, Tyler Huntley, you know, rose right, I believe. Now, <laughs> Hollywood Brown was wide open in the in the backfield. However, I understand Tyler Huntley is still a young quarterback. Hit the connection that him and Mark Andrews had the entire night was pretty much electric. So he throws it to Mark Andrews, damn near gets picked off, but they lose the game. So everybody is coming at Mark, uh, 
John Harbaugh's neck talking about why would you go for that? Why would you go for that? Uh, you know, you want to go for one and, tr- and, and trust that you're going to do something. Hopefully you get the – Cause, cause the Green Bay Packers defense. I mean, no, I'm sorry. The, the well, Tyler Huntley was lighting up the Green Bay Packers defense. They just didn't have the best game. Also, the Ravens defense wasn't. I'm not gonna say they weren't lighting. They weren't. They, they were getting lit up. <laughs> I'm, I'm just be real with you. So you're hoping for a 50 50 chance that you go into overtime. You get the ball first. Tyler Huntley's doing his thing, and hopefully you win. But. I'm not one of those people that look. I understand, you know, you don't have Lamar Jackson, you ha- you're going against Aaron Rodgers. You don't want to base your prediction. You don't want to. Pre- you don't want to base the outcome on a fifty-fifty chance, and the fifty-fifty chance being uh, a coin toss because it didn't look like oof, it didn't look like moving forward that you were or in fact you weren't really stopping Aaron Rodgers the entire game. So it's like, yeah, I would. I, I would win, I would try to go for it and win right there. See what a lot of people, a lot of people struggle with is sometimes you can make the right decision; it just doesn't work. And I think that's what happened. I think John Harbaugh made the right decision; it just didn't work. It, it, it didn't. It it didn't capitalize. Like he didn't. It he didn't score. And you know, now the Ravens are sitting. Sitting outside, well, yeah, sitting outside of the playoffs right now, and they still have a good chance. I mean, we'll see when Lamar Jackson comes back, but and they have to play Pittsburgh, I believe, at home. Uh, but I, it's I don't I don't want to. You go for it. He went for it. It didn't happen. And I mean, hell, you what would have been better? You lose in overtime. And, and, and they could have won in overtime. Don't get me wrong. They could have won. But there's a lot of could haves. Could have, should have, would have. And I don't want to base my game, especially a game that the Ravens definitely needed. I don't want to base that on a could have, would have. And a game that they needed that I'm almost sure. I mean, going into the game, almost nobody, including myself, nobody thought that this was going to be a good game. The Ravens' defense is, is banged up. Lamar Jackson, their best player, is not playing. Tyler Hundley, even though he did have flashes against the uh, Browns and definitely had a chance to beat the Browns a week before, you don't have – I mean, Tyler Huntley, you're going against arguably the the the, the MVP of the league in, 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 uh, in Aaron Rodgers. I, I, no, I don't know. I, I, hey. So, like I said, it's it's – I would have done the, I would have done the same thing. I definitely would have went for it, um, you know. But that was a good game, and and it was a big game for the, the, the you know the the Packers are peaking at the right time. Uh, when I say peaking, that kind of implies that they weren't doing good. The Packers have been good all year, and this is definitely one of those teams that I would be shocked if. They're not at least, at minimum, in the NFC Championship. They, they're they great on defense. Aaron Rodgers doesn't really need much to be successful, and he has one of the top wide receivers in the game in Devontae Adams. Lazard has looked good. He's starting to get Valdez, Scantling better. Uh, Mercedes Lewis, even he's, what, 37? Mercedes Lewis is looking good. The Packers are the Aaron Jones. The Packers are firing on all cylinders, and I would be shocked if – they are not at least in the NFC Championship. And honestly, when I look at the landscape of the NFC, you know what? Let me let me just wait on that. Let me wait on that. 
Let me let's let's move on to the next game that you see, this is why. This is why we there's still people that doubt the Arizona Cardinals. I understand that it's any given Sunday. I understand that anybody can win, right? But when you're the number one team or one of the one of the top teams in the NFC, you have Kyler Murray. While the news that DeAndre Hopkins was bi- DeAndre Hopkins being out for the rest of the regular season is big, you still have really good pieces. You still have Rondell Moore. You still have AJ Green. You still have James Conner. When you have a team, well, I'm sorry. When you're playing a team like the Lions, that going into the game was one eleven and one. Those are the games that you're supposed to win. I understand you losing to the to the to the Rams or losing to the Seahawks because that's in division. Even though the Seahawks record and they haven't had the best season, they're still in division and you still have Russell Wilson. I understand that. I understand losing to the Packers, even though you lost to a Packers that didn't have their top wide receiver, like they were decimated. But you still lost to the Packers. I get that. It's Aaron Rodgers. But when you lose to the Lions, this is why. And this is this is this is the fear that people have. Now this could be an anomaly. This could just be one Sunday. However, this is the problem that people have. Or let me not say problem. This is the hesitancy that people have with the Cardinals. Because the Cardinals seem to do this a lot. Seem to look incredible during, you know, the beginning of the season or in the middle of the season. But when it gets towards the end, they start they, they start crumbling. I mean, like, it, it, it the thing is, man, it's it's it doesn't. I mean, let's let's look at last week. Let's look at last week. So the Arizona Cardinals, right? You you lose to the Rams. Now, nothing, I mean, it's still the Rams. The Rams are, are a lot of people rejected the Rams to even win the Super Bowl. But you're still the number one team. And the Rams, I believe, were down a couple players. And you lose that game. And then you go and lose to the worst team, arguably the worst team in the league. It this is why people have hesitation about, you know, crowning the Cardinals one of the best team or the best team because you don't know what you're gonna get. And and we've seen this we've seen this roller coaster go or we've seen this ride happen multiple times. Now, again, it can only be one game any given Sunday, but when you're a ten and three at or ten and four now, team you should beat the Lions. And that is all disrespect to the Lions. The Lions are not a good team. The Lions are terrible. So there should be no reason why the Cardinals are losing to this team. And that's why a lot of people still have hesitancy about crowning uh, the Cardinals one of the best teams because they have outings like that. Kyler Murray looked horrible. In fact, it's crazy, man. I had Kyler Murray as my lead MVP candidate for a while, probably until he got hurt, but... He, I don't even know if he's gonna finish top three at this point, and it's 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 unfortunate, but that you know that's shouts out to the Lions, I guess, and they they, they put it on them too, man. Jared Goff looked good. Uh, they beat him thirty to twelve, a team that is one of the highest scoring teams in the league, a team that you see this one, ha- you know. 
I'm not again, and I guess you can say this is sort of an overreaction, but this is why a number one receiver is so important. Like, and I'm not saying that Kyler Murray is is just fall fell off a cliff. It's one game, but this is why, or pretty much two games because they lost both games. But this is why. Uh, having a number one receiver is so important. You look at the two, look at there's really two prime examples of how important a number one receiver is, and that is the Cardinals and the Bills. You remember what with Josh Allen, who was a turnover machine, and he was one of the most inaccurate quarterbacks in the league. And then you get a Stephon Diggs, and now Josh Allen. Now, even though this season he's been he struggled, Josh Allen. I mean, he's played. He's he's grown himself into an MVP candidate. Well, at least he was last year. But you know, he's he's been better after getting Stephon Diggs, who is a a clear number one receiver. Look at Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins in the Cardinals. Kyler Murray has exploded. Now, Kyler Murray was still a top pick in the league, but Kyler Murray has exploded ever since getting DeAndre Hopkins from the Texans, and. I, it, there has to be something. There has to be something that's connected to the fact that the Cardinals' offense just looked horrible. Kyler Murray looked horrible, even though they have uh, James Conner, who is arguably one of the best running backs in the league this year. They just looked horrible, and there has to be a correlation to the fact that DeAndre Hopkins did not play. So, shouts out to the Lions uh, for beating the Cardinals, a team that they should not have beat, but they did. So shout out to them. The game that we saw on Saturday, the Patri- uh the Colts beat the Patriots twenty seven to seventeen. Honestly, the score was the game was not as close as the score. Uh, the Colts just put it on them defensively. This is probably the best game that they had all year. Uh, there was a lot of garbage time points. Uh, well, I'm not gonna say garbage time, but Mac Jones he looked he looked bad the entire night until pretty much the end of the third quarter to the fourth. However, I do think that's mainly because of you know the the, the Colts defense was just going crazy, and Jonathan Allen bust out for, or not Jonathan Allen, uh, Jonathan Taylor. I apologize. Bust out for a big touchdown run to pretty much seal the game. Uh, and what I'm starting to see, and I, I, I talked about this a little last episode, but what I'm starting to see is people trying to run with the narrative that Jonathan Taylor is the front runner for the MVP. Now, in a realistic world, I would agree. The Colts have made an incredible turnaround on the back of Jonathan Taylor and his incredible running. Derrick Henry's out the league right now due to injury. So Jonathan Taylor pretty much has has taken the 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 vacant role of the best wide receiver in the game. Honestly, it's not really close right now. Uh if Derrick Henry was was playing, that would be different. But he's not, and Jonathan Taylor has taken that mound as the top running back in the league. And I believe, I believe he deserves to be an MVP candidate. I, I honestly believe he deserves to be a frontrunner MVP. The Colts would not be the Colts. I mean, we remember how bad the Colts looked when their game plan was 
have Carson Wentz be like our have him pass a hundred times a game. We remember what that looked like. And we remember how bad the Colts looked. So I am one of those people that believe that Jonathan Taylor deserves to be the the MVP of the league. I mean, you just beat the Patriots, who has uh, has overachieved beyond the moon this year with their defense and their run game. And Mac Jones looked a lot better than he's looked. And Mac Jones looked god-awful on Saturday. But here's the problem that I have with this narrative. Here's the problem that I have with a lot of people uh, pretty much saying that Jonathan Taylor deserves to be the MVP. And I'm one of those people. The problem I have is that we know he's not going to win. So why do we keep trying? I, I get, let me say, on one hand, I understand why we're trying to, why people are trying to spread the narrative that Jonathan Taylor deserves or should be the front run MVP because he should. He deserves to be. Jonathan Taylor has been incredible this entire year. But we know he's not going to. See, the NFL MVP, kind of like the, the college football Heisman, it is a quarterback-driven award. Now, there are running backs that win the Heisman. Don't I, I know. But it is really a quarterback-driven award. That's why, that's really why there's two awards that pretty much showcase the MVP, and that is the MVP, and that is the Offensive Player of the Year. You see, you ever wonder, for people that don't notice, go look at the, the, the MVP compared to the Offensive uh, offensive Player of the Year. Usually, I think, I think, I could definitely be wrong. No, no, actually... I don't remember the last time an MVP also won the offensive rookie of the year. I think, or not rookie, offensive play of the year. I think the last time might have been Patrick Mahomes back in like I don't remember. It could have been. I could be wrong. But they have pretty much. They have pretty much. Late. They pretty much shoehorn a quarterback in for the MVP. Which is why, even though Tom Brady hasn't really looked, well, didn't look good on Sunday, they still have him, like, second. I mean, I think it would be incredible if Jonathan Jonathan Taylor wins the, the MVP. And I'm not hating. Like, I think he deserves to win the MVP. But there's no way I can see Jonathan Taylor winning the MVP. When Derrick Henry, what a, a season ago, didn't, and he he broke, he broke the two thousand the two thousand yard mark, which has only been done a handful of times, and didn't even get a single not not a second he not a, he didn't come a second he didn't come in third he didn't get a single MVP vote, and we all know how important Derrick Henry is to the offense. The uh, Aaron Rodgers won last year, and I and I understand. Don't get me wrong; I'm not here bashing quarterbacks. I understand that quarterback is probably the most important position in the in the game. Like, and, and I, I get it. But in that case, you should you should name it the the I don't know best quarterback in the league award or something. Just like you have offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, 
just have quarterback of the year or something. Like, we need to take the MVP out because there should be no reason why a player like Jonathan Taylor does not deserve to be the MVP. A player like Miles Garrett and how important he is to the Browns is not an MVP candidate. Or a person like T.J. Watt. And we know how important T.J. Watt is to the to the Steelers. There should be no—I don't see how he is not an MVP candidate. Um— I know Travis Kelsey for the for the Kansas City Chiefs. It's like people like that. George Kittle for the 49ers. Those people will not even get a sniff at the MVP. Yet and still, those all those names are probably in the running for either defensive player of the year or, or offensive player of the year. And that, to me, is not right. Again, I understand how important a quarterback is, but don't don't keep saying Jonathan Taylor is going to win the off going to win the MVP or should win the MVP. He should. But we all know he's not. Until something changes, until the people that vote for these things start to look and say, well, maybe, I don't know, maybe in a, you know, a, a running back does deserve this. It's not going to happen, unfortunately. And that doesn't take away from the fact that, you know, Jonathan Taylor has had an incredible season and more than likely will win the Offensive Player of the Year, even though... You know, it's good to win the offensive player of the year, but it's different, you know, you know, Jonathan Taylor, the offensive, you know, former offensive player of the year compared to Jonathan Taylor, former MVP or reigning MVP. That's a different that that kind of rings different, you know what I mean? Derrick Henry, uh multiple time offensive player of the year or Derrick Henry, multiple time MVP. Like, come on. I mean, you can even look in the NBA. There's a difference between winning the league MVP and winning multiple, I don't know, players of the month. Hell, Carmelo, <laughs> damn, I know Carmelo Anthony about to get astray, but it is what it is. Carmelo Anthony has won, or remember, which, you know, let me not, let me not, let me not. I will, I think he deserved to win. Carmelo Anthony deserved to win Rookie of the Year. Now, I understand that, you know, LeBron James was incredible, but, Carmelo Anthony had a better rookie year than Le- uh, LeBron James. However, LeBron James ended up winning an NBA Rookie of the Year. It's different when we can say LeBron James Rookie of the Year or or reigning Rookie of the Year compared to I don't know uh, Carmelo Anthony, 14-time uh, Player of the Month award winner. You know what I mean? Player of the Month or Rookie of the Year. So. Jonathan Taylor is incredible, but he, I think he deserves to win MVP, but we know he's not. Until something drastically changes, which it doesn't look like it is, seeing as though anytime I see a projection on ESPN or any other place, they have right now either Patrick, what was it, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady wanted to. So even though Jonathan Taylor has been incredible. So speaking of Speaking of uh, of Tom Brady, man, you know, some teams, some players just have kryptonite. Some players, they just have a team that they 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 struggle with, a team that they just, it's tough to get over that hump. You know, uh, when we go to basketball, uh, Damian Lillard, his, his kryptonite is pretty much Steph Curry. When they play Golden State, Steph Curry... They, I don't, they just go, now they've beaten Steph Curry, but when it really matters, Steph Curry just balls out. I would say Portland's kryptonite is pretty much Golden State. 
right? Dame's kryptonite or the, or the player that really gives him the most fits is Stephen Curry. Now that is Stephen Curry, but you know, for a while before you know the Heatles were formed, LeBron James's kryptonite were was the Boston Celtics. He just struggled with the Boston Celtics, and I mean. It was the Boston Celtics. Ray Allen, uh, uh, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Ronjo, Rondo, Kendrick Perkins. That Celtics team was LeBron James' kryptonite until he formed the Heat. And even then, you know, they, they still struggled a little bit. Tom Brady will go down as one of the best. No, one of the best. I'm sorry. Tom Brady will go down as the greatest quarterback of all time. And I know he'll go down as that because people today, to this day, as he's still playing, views him as the greatest quarterback of all time. And it's it's hard to it's hard to there's really no argument against it. That's who Tom Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. Statistically, uh, you know, play on the field, greatest quarterback of all time. But like I said, every team, every player has a kryptonite, and and it's starting to seem like Tom Brady, at least this the the Bucks the 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 Bucks Tom Brady, his kryptonite is the New Orleans Saints. At least in the regular season, because they beat the Saints. I mean, they beat the Saints in the playoffs. But in the regular season, it just seems like the Saints have his number. I mean, we remember last year the Saints beat the beat the Bucks like a drum. Like it looked like Drew Brees looked young again. It, it, it looked bad. This year, this. The Bucks, the the I think it was like two hundred and fifty five games. The Buck, the 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 Saints shut out Tom Brady and the Bucks. The first time I think this has happened to Tom Brady in like two hundred and fifty five games. First time in like fifteen years. It just happens, man. And and I gave the Saints absolutely no 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 shot, man. I really I mean, Taysom Hill was your starting quarterback going against Tom Brady. I, I didn't I didn't give. I, look, I didn't give them a shot, but the that defense played incredible. I mean, Cameron Jordan played great. That they they intercepted Tom Brady at the end of the game. That shouts out to the Saints. They definitely fought for that win. And 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 a and a, 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 a I'm not gonna say narrative. A a conversation was definitely stirred uh, due to or. Because of this game, so the Saints three and three key players: Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and Leonard For Leonard For uh, Leonard For what the world? Yeah, and uh, Leonard Fournette. What is going on, bro? <laughs> Leonard Fournette all got hurt, and that's not funny. I just I had a brain lapse with. I don't know why my brain was saying Leonard. Fournier, when that's not his name, but Leonard Fournette, three Bucks players got hurt. Now, I believe it was a hamstring with Mike Evans. He's day to day. Leonard Fournette, I think, blink, I think it was an ankle. He's going to be out a couple games. But the biggest conversation was behind Chris Godwin, who the the defensive player for the Saints went low. Uh, Got pretty much aimed for Chris Godwin's knee, and now Chris Godwin is out for the rest of the season due to a torn ACL, or rest of the year due to a torn ACL. Uh, that's huge. First and foremost, that's unfortunate for the player. Uh, it really is. Chris Godwin, even though, you know he 
even though he's not one of the biggest names, you know, when we think of wide receiver, you think of people like Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, um, stuff like that. But Chris Godwin has been one of the top wide receivers as far as production. So it's very unfortunate that he is he's out. And that is a big blow for the the Bucks. I mean, you still don't know what's going on with Antonio Brown. He should be coming back soon. Uh but Chris Godwin was even though Mike Evans was pretty much their their you know big wide receiver and he gets most of the touchdowns, Chris Godwin was the wide receiver that if Tom Brady needed a big play, he went to Chris Godwin, and Chris Godwin usually made it. Um, as far as Bucks wide receivers, and the conversation that came out of the game is, it's already hard enough. You know, this is an offensive-driven league at this point. Um, it's already hard enough for players, for defensive players, because you is you don't know the 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 tackle box has shrunk so much for defensive players that you can really say that as an offense, I mean, some of the rules have changed for the offense. Most of the rules have changed for the offense. So it's really a defensive or offensive-oriented game, and it's hard for defensive players to play within the confines of the rules because of how much they've changed in favor of offense. Hell, we didn't talk about it here, but that's why the fake slide that happened in college, I I forgot, the dude from Pitt, I believe, he did the fake slide that turned into a touchdown. I think a week later, or a couple days later, they banned it because they understand how dangerous of a play that is. Not even for the, not just for the quarterback, but for the defensive player. Because how are you supposed to play defense when you don't know if the player is going to go for a slide or not? If they don't go for it, because as a defensive player, when they go for a slide, you're pretty much first anything is to back up and, and release because you don't want to have what happened to Eric Kendricks. Eric Kendricks, uh, when they the on the Vikings, played the Bears the other day. And John, uh, Justin Fields late slid, and Kendricks pretty much hit him in the head. Like, like boom, I like hit him in the head. He was ejected for the game. That's the last thing you want. And... It's 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 tough. It's tough for these defensive players because like, what do you do? And the conversation goes back to the Bucks game. You know, you had Aaron. I mean, Tom Brady come out saying we really need to relook at these rules because defensive players don't want to, can't really tackle, can't go for the head. Which, I mean, I understand about CTE and, and concussions and everything. And they make the tackle box so short. It's like it's it's damn near impossible. So. And I always thought it was weird that, I mean, if you ask any football player, which I think is unfortunate, but if you ask any football player, they rather you go for the head instead of go for the knees because you have things that have things that could happen is what we saw happen against, you know, in the Buck Saints game. You have Chris Godwin. Now he's out for the season and, you know, torn ACLs because medicine is so good and, and technology as far as medical technology has advanced so well that it's not as career affecting as it used to be, but there's a lot of things that can happen. You know, people could come back and never be the same from a torn ACL from a a ruptured Achilles or, or it's, it's those, those lower leg injuries. And it's different from having a concussion that can keep you out for a couple, couple weeks instead of an ACL that can keep you out for an entire year plus. So, 
I think the conversation does need to ha- be had about just how, you know, I, the game is so uh, imbalanced at this point. It's it's we know that it's mostly for the wide receivers, and it's like I think the game needs a lot more. Once we bring it back to a balanced state, uh, it'll be it'll be better, and to me, a lot safer for defensive players, for offensive players, because. At this point, you know, I don't know how many times. I mean, I see it every single game, a defensive player going for the knees, and then not because they're trying to injure somebody. I have no I, – I almost believe I – can, I can put money on it that majority of the defensive players are not trying to, you know, have career-ending injuries. They're just trying to play in the confines of which they're supposed to play. And I think that those confines need to be reviewed, just like Tom Brady pretty much said. So, uh. So let's let's move forward. Let's talk about this Cowboys game. Um Cowboys beat the beat the Giants 21-6. That's that's I mean that's not really surprising. The Giants have not been good this whole year and reports have come out that uh Daniel Jones is shut down for the rest of the year due to a neck injury. Uh Mike Glennon is playing. Mike Glennon is horrible. Like he's he's not good. Uh, you know, there's really good backups. There's really good, like, bona fide backup quarterbacks. Like, uh, Nick Foles is a really good, like, when we think about some of the top-tier backup quarterbacks, Nick Foles is up there. Um, Nick Mullins is honestly up there, and we'll talk about him and the Browns in a second. Uh, what? Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, when he's a backup, is one of those. There's people that are bona fide backups, and there's people that are just garbage. <laughs> and Mike Lennon is one of them. Um there's, you know, there's people that come into the league. When you come into the league, you hope that every quarterback uh, can be, be can be starter material, but you know quickly that they're not. You also know there's some people that aren't NFL material. Now, the Bears messed around and gave Mike Lennon $18 million. I think that's probably why. Once you give somebody that much money, you you hope that they're, you know, good enough to, 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 to carry a franchise. But he wasn't. And that was just a bad move on the Bears. I think that's kind of why he's still in the league. Because, like, people look and say, well, the Bears gave him $18 million. <laughs> And I know they can't be that dumb with money. He has to be good. So, I think that's why he's been a he's been a backup journeyman, actually. <laughs> so, but um, the story coming out of this Cowboys game isn't the fact that the Cowboys beat the, the, the Giants. Because, I mean... Okay. The fact of the matter is the Cowboys still don't look the Cowboys are beating teams that they're 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 supposed to be. You know, they're beating Washington's, especially a Washington team that is that is pretty much injured right now, uh especially didn't have Chase Young and stuff like that. They're beating teams that they're supposed to be. But they're not looking good in doing it. Dak Prescott yet again, yet another week did not look good. Yes, 21 to 6 looks okay, but most of that was due to ter- they're they're so and shouts out to Jeff Saturday. He said this on ESPN. They're so desperately dependent on turnovers. They're so dependent on other teams turning the ball over and them getting fabulous uh field position. Because if not, they haven't looked good enough to have consistent uh drives that they have to drive down the field. It just it hasn't happened. And yet another week that they did not look good. And this is against a Giants team that isn't that good. Not, not that good. This is a Giants team that's not really good at all. And if it wasn't for a couple of turnovers, 
<laughs> who would have known? Who who knows what happened? Because the offense doesn't look good. Even though I think Zeke scored, but Dak Prescott hasn't looked good. The running game really hasn't been explosive. It, it just hasn't looked good. And while I trust that, I mean, yes, the the pack the 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 Cowboys are going to win the NFC East. That's not a question. So they're definitely making the playoffs. But I don't trust the Cowboys against the top team. I don't trust the the Cowboys uh, against a, a Rams team. I don't trust the Cowboys against the Cardinals team. I don't trust them against the Bucks team. I don't trust them. Hell, like say say the Seahawks somehow managed to sneak in. I think that'll be a good. That'll be a, a tough game. Um, and don't get me started about <laughs> the Packers. So I just don't see the Cowboys the way that they're playing now. And it's crazy because if you would have talked about how they played in the beginning of the season, how it would be hard pressed for me to find another team, maybe the Packers that could, that could beat them. They look like they were gangbusters. They were just going crazy. And, and they look like the best team in the league by far in the beginning of the season. And now we sit here today. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, we Dak did get hurt with the hamstring, but I don't, I don't know what it is. But the offense just does not look good. And the defense, honestly, you can you can move the ball in this defense. This defense gambles a lot, especially Trayvon Diggs. And and I'm not I'm not singling him out. I'm just saying, Minka, Minka Parsons has been incredible and definitely should be in consideration for defensive player of the year, not just defensive rookie of the year, but. Um, you can move the ball on this team. And we've seen that time and time again. It's just they're so dependent on turnovers. And when they get turnovers, I mean, it's different. But if they don't, you're in shootouts or you lose the game. So, yes, you you know, the Cowboys beat the beat the um, the Cowboys beat the Giants. Cool. But it's just like they haven't looked good in, in, in a number of weeks. And if it was a better team. Like if 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 Washington was a better team last year they, or last season or what last week they would have uh, the Cowboys would have lost, or if Kyle Allen did not have to come in and play the Cowboys would have lost. If Mike Glennon was any type of better quarterback, if if he was any better, they probably had a better shot of winning. So, and that's that's you know, just saying. So let's keep moving. A team that um just won't just won't quit is the Pittsburgh Steelers, man. Big Ben probably played the best game of his of the se- I know probably. Big Ben played the best game of the se- of the season for the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday when they beat the Titans uh 19 to 13. Now, yes, it was a defensive oriented game, but Big Ben made big plays when he was supposed to make big plays. Mike Tomlin made some big coaching moves and he coached the he now one thing that one thing that has been very apparent for the last few years is the Pittsburgh Steelers is definitely defensive oriented as far as they're going to go as far as their defense takes them. That's just that's just where the, the Pittsburgh Steelers are right now. Um, and that's how good the, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense is. I mean, when you're pretty much led by players like Joe Hayden and TJ Watt and Cameron Hayward, you you have you have that of course your defense is gonna be incredible. And oh Minka Fitzpatrick, I forgot about him. 
and this was definitely a defensive oriented game. Uh, Ryan Tannehill and the and the charge and the Titans in general were just turning the ball over left and right. I think they had like three or four turnovers, and they were big tur- and they were like consecutive turnovers too. Like it just looked like the Titans just couldn't get anything right. Uh, and a, a lot of that was because of the pressure that you know T.J. Watt and Cameron Hayward were 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 pretty much getting on Ryan Fitzpatrick. They couldn't get any running game. They really, they really couldn't get Julio Jones, and he got hurt. They couldn't get any, any play. No, no player really could get in, get get going for the Titans. And a lot of that is cut. Most of that is due to the Pittsburgh defense. But I say Big Ben played the best uh, game of his of of this season at least is because he didn't make any big mistakes. He didn't make any big. Like he, he was, he played in the confines of himself and he didn't cost him the game. And I think that that, that definitely, uh, he made big plays and he was supposed to make big plays. No, he didn't make, you know, he didn't have 50 yard bombs or anything. Cause I don't think he's at that point of his career. And I'm one of those people that I have no problem saying that I bashed, uh, Big Ben for for a while now because of his decline, but Big Ben played really good, and in this pit, they played good enough now, even with a tie, to to be very to have very good odds in the playoffs. If if I don't I don't foresee the Browns <laughs> winning against the Packers on Christmas Day. I don't I don't foresee that. So with the Browns losing, and we need to see what happens with Lamar Jackson in the in the and the Ravens, but we'll talk about the NFL playoff picture in a second. But the the the, the Steelers have a good chance of making it, man. They really do. So, and shouts out for the Steelers for beating the Titans nineteen to thirteen. Um, probably the co one of the COVID stricken games, the game that we saw, one of the games that we saw on Monday, were was the Raiders and Browns. Now, uh, this. This was a game that got pushed. This was supposed to be on Saturday. It got pushed to Monday because the Browns had like 20-something players on COVID. They still have a lot of players on COVID. But uh, Nick Mullins had to play because Case Keenum and Baker Mayfield didn't play. Uh, Jarvis Landry also didn't play uh, due to, you know, COVID protocol or safety protocols, health and safety protocol. And um, the the Browns lost. I mean – I, I, it's hard for me to expect the Browns to win uh, when your top two quarterbacks are out. When you're, I remember I said this: if, if you're playing your third string quarterback, any defense is like, oh, you know, it's 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 tea time. Like we're we're gonna go crazy because you're playing a, a a player that doesn't even get he doesn't even get reps in practice because he's a third string. I don't think third stringers really get reps in practice. So the the Raiders defense was like, let's get it now. The problem is, and the and and the reason, the Raiders, man. You know, one of the biggest reasons why I think that I I think that the Raiders are kind of tired of Derek Carr, but I also think Derek Carr is probably tired of the Raiders. I think it's a marriage that definitely should be ending soon, because the Raiders just can't. We all we know what happened with the John Gruden stuff, but they just can't get out of their own way, man. Their offensive line is horrible. Uh. There should be no the reason why and shouts out to Derek Carr. I think he had like his twenty eighth 
a game-winning drive. The reason why he has 28 game-winning drives is because 28 times they've been down during the game, and a lot of those 28 times were against bad teams like the Browns. Now, Miles Garrett looked like he was he got hurt. He looked he was gimpy. They missing a lot of key players on the defense due to health and safety protocol. Yet and still, uh, Nick Mullins found himself leading this game by I think one point with like a minute and a half left. Two minutes, like two minutes left. No, like f- like three minutes left. Derek Carr got the ball, threw a, a terrible interception, and they had a chance to win the game. Just try to ice out the clock. They couldn't do that because they couldn't get a first down. And Derek Carr got the ball back. Derek Carr and the and the Raiders offense got the ball back, and they were able to kick a field goal. Now, and we'll talk about this probably towards the end of the regular season, but this has been a disappointing year for the Browns. And exactly what I – well – Let me say, I didn't predict that they would have a bad year. What I predicted was the Browns were going to go as far as Baker Mayfield took them. And we'll talk about that a little later. I mean, as far as, you know, the weeks ahead. But if the Browns do not make the playoffs, that's something to be said about that. And we'll talk about it. And the Browns right now are on the outside looking in. And now they're on the bottom of the NFC. Uh, of the NFC North Division, AFC, I'm sorry, AFC North Division, a division where if you look at the roster, they have the best roster, especially when you talk about the Ravens defense uh, or Ravens team where they're decimated by injuries on both sides of the ball. The the Chiefs, not the Chiefs, the Cincinnati Bengals, who are a young team, and but their, their offensive line is still horrible and their defense still isn't that good. Uh, it's pretty much Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and the, and the wide receiver core, or Bus, and, of course, Joe Mixon. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, that's getting older as we speak. This team, the Browns, should be better than they are, and they're not. So we'll talk about them. If they don't make the playoffs, well, whether they make the playoffs or not, we'll talk about them towards the end of the season. So, But shouts out to Derek Carr for uh, getting his 28th, I believe, uh, game-winning drive. So. I think that Derek Carr, Derek Carr makes a lot of bonehead mistakes, but I do think that Derek Carr is better than the situation that he's in. And I think, I think that if he's put on a better team, that's maybe better run as far as the franchise in general and have a better offensive line, I think that he'll be better. And that's even coming from Derek Carr is a good quarterback. Now he makes a lot of bonehead mistakes. But he's still he's he's a good quarterback, and I'm not saying he's great, but I do think that he is a good quarterback and can be better in a better organization, a more tight organization, a more uh, a more secure offensive line. So, but shout out to the Raiders. So. Uh, Buffalo Bills, man, the Buffalo Bills beat the beat the Carolina Panthers, 31 to 14. Carolina has just fallen off a cliff, man. Uh, Cam Newton did get a touchdown. Their kicker was out. Their kicker was out. So they had they, (laughs) you know, a lot of people want to kind of bash Cam Newton, but I don't even think this is Cam Newton's fault. I just think that the offense, the 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 Panthers as a whole have has just cratered. Um, Their defense doesn't look as good as it did the beginning of the year. Cam Newton. It's not even Cam Newton's fault. The offense doesn't look good. I think that with Christian McCaffrey being out, it definitely 
puts a fork in the offense because having a dynamic wide receiver like not wide receiver, having dynamic running back like Christian McCaffrey definitely helps uh, or is, is, is huge for any offense and he's out. So the Panthers, the Panthers is just taking a nose dive and it's unfortunate because they had a chance, especially like two weeks ago, they had a, a, a good chance of winning uh, or at least making to the playoffs. And now they pretty much don't. And I'm not, I'm not absolving Cam Newton. I'm one of the biggest Cam Newton fans, but I will admit Cam Newton, that, that one intercept, the end of the game interception was one of the worst interceptions I've seen this man throw. I don't know what the hell he was looking at. I don't know what he was thinking, but, and it was a, it was a terrible throw. It, it just, it, it, the Panthers season just, it's, it's pretty much a wrap. You know what I'm saying? So, but shout out to the Bills. Um, Devin Singletary, he looked good. And, and the Bills are starting to, I think they're starting to realize, hey, yes, you have Josh Allen, who's a gunslinger, but you're not going to, you're not, you're not Kansas City Chiefs. You can't run the ball or you can't throw the ball 150 times a game. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you, you need to, you need to establish some type of running game. And I think that giving Devin Singletary the ball more, even though he's not like a top running back, giving him the ball more definitely opens up more for the the Bills offense. So, shout out to the Bills. Shout out to Mina Kimes. Uh, Mina Kimes today said on ESPN, um, pretty much hold the brakes for the the Dolphins. Now, the Dolphins did win. You know, they they did what they're supposed to do. They won. They beat the Jets thirty-one to twenty-four, and they're peaking. I think they've won like six straight, uh, six or you know, like six straight or six of the last seven or something like that. But just hold the brakes on the Dolphins. Their best win, I think, came in Week Ten against the Ravens. Outside of that, they've beaten like a lot of Jets and they've beaten a lot of teams that have like three wins or two wins. So. While you know, and Tua didn't even look that good. The, they had the the Dolphins had every single opportunity to lose this game. Tua threw a bad interception, threw a couple bad interceptions. It, it they just didn't look good, and I think it was because the Jets are just the Jets is the reason why the Jets lost. I mean, Zach Wilson is horrible. So uh, at least right now, I know he's a rookie, but right now Zach Wilson's horrible. But a win is a win, and the Dolphins did win. So shout out to the Dolphins, shout out to Tua. So, uh, the Bengals beat the Broncos fifteen to 15 to ten. Joe Burrow looked. I, did, nobody really looked good in this game. This was like a slugfest, and the better quarterback. Now I hope that Teddy Bridgewater gets 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 healthy. He was carted off with a concussion. Um, it didn't look good at all, but you know, luckily it's just a concussion. What they're saying, so I hope he's he's, he's he'll be okay. But Joe Burrow and that and that offense, um, they they prevailed. They were the better unit. Uh, they were the best unit on the field, and that's not saying much since it was a fifteen ten game. Uh, it was like a defensive oriented game, but Joe Burrow, they they overcame. So, shouts out to the Bengals. <sighs> You see, the other game that happened Monday, and the game that was that was originally scheduled for Monday, uh, was the Vikings and the Bears, and the Vikings beat the Bears seventeen to nine. You see, a win is a win, yes, and I just talked about the 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 Bengals. A win is a win, but not all wins are created equally. 
Just like not all losses are created equally, not all wins are created equally. You see, the the Bears have been struggling this entire year. I mean, nine times out of ten, Matt Nagy is out at the end of the year. Uh, Justin Fields has been in and out the lineup due to injury, and even when he is in, he's 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 had his rookie mistakes. Uh, there's been several players like Khalil Mack who has been out for the defense. Um, Peters. The Bears have just been a mess this entire year, and you have a you have a Vikings team that are fighting for their playoff lives. A Viking team that 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 has a really good unit. I mean, Dalvin Cook, uh, Justin Jeffries, um, or Justin Jefferson. I'm sorry, uh, Adam Thielen didn't play, but you know, Adam Thielen and This game had all the 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 markings of a blowout. You had a team in the Vikings that are desperate, that need to pretty much win out at this point, that know what's at stake. They're actually playing for something. The Bears aren't really playing for anything because they have no shot to make it to the playoffs and they haven't had that be- uh, that good of a season. So you have a team that's really not playing for anything. For a team that's playing for pretty much their playoff lives. So that spells blowout. Yet and still, that was one of the, man. And and it, the game went exactly how, exactly how I thought it would go for the Bears. Justin Fields have a bad turnover. Um, it, they couldn't really move the ball. Justin Fields made rookie mistakes. It, it was bad. But the Vikings, you know what it is? They just didn't, it, they didn't have a, it wasn't convincing, you know? It wasn't convincing at all. Like, they, 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 they actually pretty much showed me that they're the same old Vikings. I don't trust them if they make it to the playoffs. They, they didn't look good. They had all the opportunity to lose this game. With Kurt Cousins at the helm, it just didn't look good at all. And, you know, we'll talk about the playoffs, playoff picture in a second, but I don't, even if the Vikings, we'll talk about the playoffs, but they, they won, it just didn't look good. So, shout out to them. Um, the, the 49ers beat the Falcons, nothing major. Debo Samuels is having a breakout year. Uh, they're pretty much using him at, at every offensive position, whether it's a, a wide receiver or running back. He's been incredible. I think he has like seven rushing touchdowns. I think that's like the most in in a whole bunch in like Super Bowl era for a running back. Dot Debo Samuels has been great, um, and the defense looked really good. And it's against the Falcons. I mean, Matt Ryan is not good. I say this week after week. Uh, so shout out to the 49ers, man. Shout out to y'all. Um, oh, and and the you know the toilet bowl game, the Texans uh, beat the Jaguars thirty to sixteen. The Jaguars have gone through so much this year. All the stuff that happened with uh, Urban Meyer, Travis Etienne, who was a first round pick, uh, goes out in training camp, so he's out for the season. They went through a lot. But I guess the only saving grace is because the the Lions lot won, they now uh, comfortably have the number one overall pick. So 
for next year. So this would be the second year in a row that they get the number one overall pick. So, yeah. Shouts out to the Jaguars. So, is it the second year? No. Yeah. If either it's the second year or two out of three years, and they've had the number one overall pick, but they got Trevor Lawrence, and now they're gonna get another one, oh, number one overall. So, boom. And then we have the games on Monday now again, or Tuesday. Now I'm filming this before the game, so of course I don't know what's going on with the Seahawks and Rams and Washington and and Eagles. Uh. It's hard for me to see Washington win this game because of the fact that, you know, their quarterback is, is decimated right now due to COVID. And there's a lot of big players like Brandon Sheriff. They're, they're all pro guard. He's not playing, and they're missing a lot of key players on the back end of the defense. So while you do have, like, Jonathan Allen, he did come off a of COVID list or COVID protocol, I do think it's going to be tough, even though the Eagles have – you know they're they're having problems of their own as far as quarterback and health. Uh, I, I just have the Eagles beating winning that game. It it just doesn't you know. Even though Washington needs this game to to remain in the playoff because right now I think if they win this game they are the last wild card team uh, at least for right now. But I just I just don't I don't see it especially with you know Tyler Heineke and Kyle Allen being out and for the Seahawks and Rams the Seahawks. <sighs> I think the Rams are going to have a field day throwing the ball because throwing the ball on 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 the Seahawks because the Seahawks they've surprisingly had a have has had a decent not good decent uh, running run defense but when it comes to their pass defense it's still horrible and I just it's going to be tough for me even though you know there's a lot of players on COVID protocol for the Rams you do get you know Cooper Cup still there. Matthew Stafford's still there, and OBJ came out of health protocol. So, I have the Rams winning that game. So, Which brings me to the playoff picture. Now, there's teams that are pretty much solidified right now. Uh, the Chiefs, no matter what happens, they're probably making the playoffs right now. They're 10-4. and four. The Packers are 11-3. and three. Um the Cowboys are pro- definitely probably going to make the playoffs. I mean, they're going to win the NFC East. Uh, so that's the Cowboys. The Bucks are going to make the playoffs. Cardinals are probably going to make the playoffs. But there's a lot of teams that are on the bubble, on the cusp, like the Ravens now, uh, the Steelers, um, the Chargers, uh, the 49ers, the Vikings, the F- Washington football team, you know, teams like that. And honest, and I think that there's teams that if they got in, they can make some noise, or they can they can make you know they can do some things like the Cleveland Browns. I think that I don't know. I know, you know, that's a hard team to 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 examine because it's like, okay, they they underachieved like hell this year. They're seven and seven. They're sitting like twelfth in the in the conference if they make it they could but I don't know but they still do have a good roster they still have you know Miles Garrett who is a defensive player of the year candidate they still have Jarvis Landry they still have uh Nick Chubb um 
They can make some noise. The Chargers can definitely make some noise. Justin Herbert is one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. Uh, makes you know they they he can do some things in Austin Austin Eckler and Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Uh, I think that the the fight. Mm-hmm. The, you know, <laughs> let me let me say the the NFC is a little different. Uh, I don't outside of the you know I don't really see the Saints making any noise, even though they did have a big win against the Bucks. I don't see it. Washington, I, I don't see it. They they maybe win a game or two, but nah, I don't see it. Uh, Seattle, they do have out of the remaining teams that are on the bubble, they could they have the best quarterback, which is Russell Wilson. But it's gonna take they're they're gonna need a lot to win or a lot to make it the playoffs. And that is, of course, winning their week 15 matchup against the Rams, which I don't see happening. It could, but I don't see it. Carolina Panthers, no. So, you know, that's uh, – the play. The playoffs is a lot more interesting in the NFC – or in the AFC than is the NFC. Not saying that – I think that the best team in the league right now is in the NFC, and that's the Packers. But – as far as who's going to make the playoffs or not, it's a lot more interesting in the NFC, and especially seeding too. Like, what what happens? Uh, you know, what happens if the Colts, you know, win out? What happens if the Titans win out? What happens if the Patriots lose out? You know, it's it's, it's definitely interesting. So, I'm I'm excited for that moving forward. So, let's switch over. Let's talk about some basketball. Um. So we're really early into the season. We're really early into the season, and we're starting to see a lot of trends. Like you know, Steph Curry breaking the the, the three point record. Shouts out to him. We're seeing a lot of we're seeing a lot of things that are starting to to. I guess you can call them surprises. Like like for instance, the the Cleveland Cavaliers. I have look. I have been very adamant in saying that Cleveland the Cleveland Cavaliers have been one of the worst franchises in all of sports. The only reason why they're relevant and honestly the biggest reason why they have won they have one championship is because of LeBron James. Outside of that, they've been god awful from drafting to 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 free agency, they've been bad. But they have there's been a pleasant surprise the Cleveland man, they I mean right now they're third in the East. Which is they're nineteen and twelve on a six game win streak. Like who would who would have thought that Evan Mobley looks like he can arguably be rookie of the year? Um, Darius Garland has been incredible. They they've they've surprised the hell out of me. They have another team that surprised me, man, is the Washington Wizards, and it's not surprised because the fact that they started off so great. It's the fact that they plateaued so hard, Bruh. The Washington, I think they started like ten and three, and and right now they're they're right now they are sixteen fifteen, just a nosedive, man. It looked good, it looked good going in, and it's not, it's not. Team, I mean Boston has surprised me, and not in a good way. I mean I thought they would be a lot better than fifteen and sixteen right now. Uh, the New York New York Knicks surprised the hell out of me, especially after they acquired Kimball Walker in the offseason to be 13 and 17. And Kimball Walker, the only reason why he's in the rotation now is because Derrick Rose is hurt. That was definitely surprising to me. What wasn't surprising is the Lakers. And 
I, I said it can either go one of two ways. It can be hella great or it can be really bad. We knew Anthony Davis was going to get hurt. He's hurt now, out four weeks. We knew that it was a weird fit with Le- Russell Westbrook and LeBron James. It is. And we knew that it was an old team, which they are, which means that their defense is going to suffer because they don't have the energy to match up against, you know, teams like Phoenix, teams like Golden State, teams like Utah. And as we're seeing, that is what it is. So I'm not really surprised at that. Um, I'm still surprised at Golden State looking this good. Uh, I knew that, you know, once they get Klay Thompson back and James Wiseman back, they would look better. But I didn't think they would be good enough to be 25 and 6 right now. Shouts out to Steph. Shouts out to, you know, the emergence of a Jordan Poole or Juan Toscano Anderson or, you know, Kevon Looney has been good. Draymond Green has been good. So, you know, the basketball. Of course, once the NFL season gets, you know, wraps up, we'll talk a lot more basketball. But um, Brooklyn still looks good. And they did say they're going to bring back Kyrie Irving uh, for the away games just because of how ravaged this team is. As far that is the Brooklyn team because of COVID. I mean, James Harden's out right now. I think Kevin Durant tested positive. Um, this hell, Kyrie Irving tested positive. So. I don't think I don't. I mean, I don't know. I think it's a. I don't. I don't know if it's a good move or not. Uh, bringing back Kyrie to pretty much be a part-time player, especially, you know, because what happens in the playoffs? You know, the the mandate ain't done, especially with COVID on the rise. It don't look like it's it's getting lifted or changed any way, shape, or form. So it's like, especially with the vaccine readily and a booster readily available, it's like I. I what happens in the playoffs when you need him in a big game? What happens if you go to a game seven and you, and he can't play game seven? You know, like that's just weird to me. And, of course, how do you build chemistry with a player that you may get for three games and then not for another seven or something like that? It's, it's, it's weird. But I understand Kyrie Irving is still an elite talent in the league. And, and you know, I understand why you would bring him in because you pretty much – Brooklyn needs him. Brooklyn needs him, and they definitely need him. If they have championship aspirations, uh, which they do, I mean, when you have James Harden and, and Kevin Durant, you, your your goal is to win a championship. So uh, then they can't do it, especially with the the lack of defense that they have, the lack of size that they have. I mean, they're I think Blake Griffin plays like center, like and Lamarcus Aldridge. So you know the league is. The league is an interesting spot, and of course, we'll talk about it more, you know, in the upcoming weeks, and of course, closer to the trade deadline and and All Star Weekend and stuff like that. But the league is in a good spot as far as the NBA, and I'm I'm excited, man. I'm excited, and the, the teams, like I said, like like Cleveland or or um, you know, some of the pleasantly surprising teams like Golden State or uh, Miami, Cleveland, Milwaukee was kind of shaky in the beginning and now they're back they're, they're in the fourth spot the bulls are still good the bulls had just had a big win against the lakers those teams like that I'm, I'm definitely excited to see you know as they move on in the season and what they look like towards the playoffs so is that um oh, tyron woodley man so jake paul uh fought tyron woodley again on Saturday, well, this weekend, and knocked him out. In fact, for all my uh, listeners, you can't see it, but all my YouTube viewers, that's Tyron Woodley right there. 
like on the ground. His face is touching the ground. He's knocked out. <sighs> Look, um, you know, a lot of people are questioning is Jake Paul, you know, is what he's doing good for the sport of boxing, which is fighting people that aren't really boxers or pure prime. I mean, his he, he beat Tyrone Woodley twice. He beat another former UFC fighter. Um, he also beat uh, Nate Robinson. So he's not really fighting fighters. Like he's not really fighting like boxers. And even even after you know the the fight, he was saying you know bring him on, bring on Conor McGregor or bring on uh, a litany of UFC fighters. He didn't really say anything about an actual boxer. Yeah, I'm not negating the fact that you know Jake Paul can box. At the at what level that is where you get you know debating with me, but I, I mean he's knocking out people that's in front of him, even though the people that's in front of him have absolutely no should have no shouldn't even be in a ring for it to box. But hey, I mean he's beating them. And Tyron Woodley, man, stop. Look, I understand about money, man. I get it. I get it. You know, these fights that you're having with Jake Paul, um, the bet probably the the most money you've ever seen. But there is a time where it's just it's time to give it up. I mean, I'm sure you'll be a great analyst. I'm sure you'll be a a great color commentator or something, but yo, it's kind of like the Roy Williams syndrome, man. Like Roy Williams just didn't know when to give it up, and he just kept getting, he just kept losing, and bad loss after bad loss after bad loss until he just physically couldn't do it anymore. Tyron Woodley was losing badly in the U- USC, like badly. Tyron Woodley was he was just he was getting drubbed in the UFC, and then now he's going to boxing and losing to a Jake Paul. Getting knocked out, what, twice, I believe. Just stop, man. Just stop. Just stop, please. I mean, just just stop, Tyrone. Just please. Like it's, uh, Just stop. I, I think it was like a six-round knockout, but like... And even if it is, because there's a lot of conspiracy theorists. I'm not saying it is, but even there's a lot of conspiracy theorists saying that it's rigged. Even if it is, why are you? And I get the money is big, like you're, you're making a lot of money, but like, at what point? You know what I'm saying? At what point does your integrity come in to say, "All right, I understand I make like a million dollars, but you're not going to continuously knock me out." You know, that's just not going to happen. I don't know, but hey, I guess shouts out Jake Paul, shouts out Tyrone for getting the bag. So, boom. Uh, as I talked about, the COVID is running rampant, man, and the NHL uh has paused its its games and and paused its season, honestly, to try to control the spread of of COVID. Um, they've postponed I think like seven or eight games. 
I know uh, the Capitals, I think their most recent game was uh, the Capitals and Penguins, I believe, got re- rescheduled. But they rescheduled like seven, eight games. And now they've paused the season permanently. Or not permanently. They've paused the season temporarily, which is huge because now I think that the, they're trying to make a decision if their players can play in the Olympics. I think the Beijing Olympics that's coming up, uh, a lot of their players, of course, are foreign players and and Team USA players, and they don't want the spread of COVID, especially going to a, another country. So, um, you know, the NHL is definitely in a in a in a wait and see period, as well as we have to make some decisions because there's a lot of people that's questioning. You know, I think they have like till January something to make the decision, but they're 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 really trying to see all right, what's 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 going on? What are we gonna do? Because you know, there's a lot of I mean, they're pretty much what yeah, the season stopped. So it's like, what do you once you start the season up? How is that going to affect seating? How is that going to affect play? Um, and and how is that going to affect the Olympics? So we'll definitely wait to see with that. So, oh, and, and before we go, man, shouts out to the Washington Mystics for winning or getting winning the WNBA draft lottery. And they got the number one overall pick. This kind of reminds me of uh, the Spurs the year that they got Tim Duncan because Don, uh, Derek, uh, David Robinson was injured. A lot of their veteran players were injured. They pretty much had a bad season. And then Tim Duncan goes to a team with Derek, with uh, on, um, David Robinson. Like it also reminds me of uh, Golden State and James Wiseman. I mean, Kevin, uh, what's the name? Clay Thompson's out, got hurt. Curry got hurt, missed a lot of time. Draymond Green got hurt, missed a lot of time. So they're not good. So then when James Wiseman comes, you come to a team once they're fully healthy with Clay, with Steph, with Draymond. Like, it's a perfect place. Uh, You know, Tina Charles is one of the best players in the WNBA. Um, She's one of the – she was one of the MVP finalists. Uh, I think she had, like, the sixth overall – um, scoring average in league history last year. Like Tina Charles was it. The problem was the Mystics just dealt got dealt a bad hand as far as injury. Elena Deladon she missed most of the season and came back and then got hurt again and then missed the rest of the season. Uh, a lot there a lot of their players got hurt. So whoever the number one seed is is or whoever the number one overall pick is going to come back, come to a team that hopefully has a healthy Elena Deladon that has a healthy Natasha Cloud who was a representative for the Knicks or for the Mystics um at the lottery that has a healthy Tina Charles that has a lot of healthy players and a great coach so i think that this definitely is huge for the Mystics and it's huge for whoever comes in for the Mystics because you're playing, you're going to be playing alongside two of arguably some of the greatest players to ever play WNBA, which is Tina Charles and uh, Elena Deladon. So shouts out to the Mystics, man. Like I said, this reminds me of, you know, when the Spurs got the number one overall pick to get Tim Duncan because David Robinson was hurt or uh, when Golden State got like the third pick because – Clay was hurt, and Steph missed a lot of time, and Draymond Green missed a lot of time. So, Kevon Looney even missed a lot of time that year. So, shouts out to the Mystics. 
And there you have it, man. That has been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. Uh, if you want an Unpopular Podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve, joggers, the link is in the description below. Uh, it's, it's cold out there, bro. <laughs> it's cold. So get your hoodies, get your sweaters, man. It, it, hey, go get your merch. I have multiple different colors, multiple different designs. I can make, or whatever design you get, I'm sure it's going to look good on you. So go get your merch today. Also, please subscribe to wherever you're watching. Please subscribe to wherever you're listening. It definitely means a lot to me. And I appreciate you guys. Uh, until next time, much love. Figure state plan that was the escape plan, but I ain't investigating. That shit was a waste, man. But wait, I stopped the facing, cause shit just started racing. But wait, it opened gates, and it should just stop parading. Oh, like we out the basement, on one floor where it's vacant. She feeling anxious to be out where it's dangerous. Okay, the body change it, especially I bang it. Okay, Jamaican Spanglish, you mixed up in a language. Hey, back that wipe me draining, just have it if you sang it. Okay, fuck that bird, can she just need some encouragement fix that attitude she thinks she need a surgeon okay it's just some gratitude i put you in that altitude okay it's stuck like madness do i put you in that magnitude okay i ain't basic pussy i'm not trying to embarrass you okay i got a lavish crew me chase the rocker data drew me busy trap i'm not a rap a lot i do a lot of you a film director health to skelter off the cell so like it's juice Figure state plan that was the escape plan, but I ain't investigating. That shit was a waste, man. But wait, I stopped the facing, cause shit just started racing. But wait, it opened gates, and it shit just stopped parading. Oh, like we out the basement, on one floor where it's vacant. She feeling anxious to be out where it's dangerous. Okay, the body change it, especially I bang it. Okay, Jamaican Spanglish, you mixed up in a language. Hey, back, niggas dying for that chain around my neck, that's like the lurk. I be trying not to go back in my Ways I can't revert. We excursion them seven seas. I drop her off at Turks. If it's static, then I'm having 50. Drop them off at church. Up early, rolling up a Benny. She just wanna taste the candy. Probably soaking up her panties. Nasty when she off the bust a move on Marco Angie. I just went and bought a planet. Now that shit was never planted. Yeah, 12 figure state plan. That was the escape plan. But I ain't investigating. That shit was a waste, man. But wait, I stopped the facing. Cause shit just started racing. But wait, it opened gates. And it should just stop parading. Oh, like we out the basement. On one floor where it's vacant. She feeling anxious to be out where it's dangerous. Okay, the body change it. Especially I bang it. Okay, Jamaican Spanglish. She mixed up in a language. Hey, babe.